Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to another episode of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McKeady. And I don't even need to introduce this person really because she's truly family here. But listen, Kirby, it is, first of all, hi, Kirby. Kirby Johnson is here. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Troy. How are you doing? I'm reeling right now. Same. Like, I, I'm spiraling. I'm like, what in the goddamn hell is going on right now? Like Britney Spears to marry. I'm, I'm reading people. Uh, <laughs> Britney Spears to marry Sam Asgari. Is that how you say his last name? I never know how to pronounce it. Sorry, I Sam. I believe so. Um, here's the deal. This headline has me like quaking. Britney Spears expected A-list wedding guests, including Madonna, Paris Hilton, Selena Gomez and more Kate Hudson and Gwyneth Paltrow are also anticipated to attend the intimate ceremony today, today, Thursday, at Thursday, oh you know, you're rich when you have a Thursday wedding <laughs> or actually, is it the other way around? Is it better? <laughs> no, Saturdays are like the most popular days. Fridays are okay. Thursday. It's honestly like, you're just a celebrity and don't give a fuck. You don't have anything yeah. to worry about, right? You don't have yeah. to worry about people finding a weekend to come yeah. to your wedding. So you're like, fuck it. We're getting married on a Thursday. She's like, if the wedding's on Monday at noon, does that work for everyone? They're all like, sure. They're like, what else are we doing? We're rich. We don't have a boss. We just do our shit. (laughs) Madonna's like, I guess I'll put the blunt down for now. And the filler. And the filler. I just, I am... I mean, I woke up to my DMs, of course, flooded with people saying that they're concerned and that they're worried and all the things, which I understand. Um, I just don't even know how to feel. I'm just like, I'm it's hard. Yeah, it is hard because you don't want to please her. Right. Like, I think like this whole situation with the conservatorship, like once, you know, everybody kind of opened their eyes and saw, oh shit, this isn't a conspiracy. This is a real thing that's been happening for 13 years. Mm-hmm. I think people are very, very hesitant to want to police any decisions that she makes because she hasn't been able to make her own decisions in a very long time. That being said, I also think it's totally fair and warranted to be like, we want to protect you. Mm-hmm. Is this the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and also like Brittany has been through some shit. So I feel like she does need some sort of therapy or someone to help her. Although we understand why she's anti-therapy, why she's anti, you know, medical expert essentially. So I understand like the confusion. I understand the concern. I understand the like, leave her alone, leave Brittany alone. Like I I get it all. Every single facet of it. I get it. That's how I feel. Like I, I, I I kind of understand every, yeah. And I understand also people just wanting to be happy for her and being like, look she's excited and she's happy and she wants to get married and 
you know, I'm trying really hard to be that person, you know, but like, you know, we've always had our Britney conspiracy theory hats on and it's hard to just take it off, you know? Um, I, I am excited and happy for her. I just, it just doesn't feel, I just want more for her, I guess. I know I want, I think like throughout Britney's life, And I think this kind of goes back to like the Justin and Brittany of it all. When Justin and Brittany were dating, they felt like they were on the same playing field, right? Like Mm. Justin was the mega superstar. She was a mega superstar. They had like this like really awesome meet cute on MMC, right? Like they, Mm -hmm. they knew each other and then they both like rose to fame at a similar time. And they had like the same amount of fame for a very long amount of time. And I think for people like before, you know, everything came out, like before, like the tides kind of turned on Justin, it was, uh, Justin and Brittany, I want them back together. And I, I truly feel like a lot of that not only plays into nostalgia, but the fact that they were on the same level, they were on the same playing mm-hmm. field. They, I don't think a lot of people, people felt like Justin needed Brittany for fame or for money. Right. right. Um, and, and now that we've learned so much about like her finances during the conservatorship, people getting money, they definitely shouldn't have been getting like all, like the last time I think I was on the podcast, I'm like, where's the money? Where yeah. is the fucking <laughs> money? Where is yeah. it? Um, so I think with Sam, obviously, you know, he is not on the same level as Britney Spears. He, mm-hmm. he, he seems like a decent man. He's stuck by her through the conservatorship, which I think is like, you know, I think a testament to maybe who he is as a person. Um, was with her weathering the storm and getting through it with her. So I think she probably appreciates that. But I do, similar to other people, I'm like, is this, is this the right move? Because Mm -hmm. she is so eager to like live her life. She wants to get married. She wants to have another baby. Is this the right person to do that with? I'm not here to say, I can't judge. I don't know their personal relationship. And I want to believe Brittany has the wherewithal to decide that on her own accord right but also we're super protective of her because people have gone after her in the past and been leeches so yeah all of all the feelings I feel like are totally valid I agree and I feel like it plays into something that you and I talked about before as well where it's like she's really in a place of genuinely not caring if we understand she doesn't care if we understand what she's doing she doesn't care if we understand her posts she doesn't nope. care if we understand her decision-making and she also doesn't care if we know what's going on. Like she really has been like sort of teasing this wedding and watching people be confused about it with no concern. Like she just doesn't care. And that part of it, I'm, I'm like, I, I really get, you know, I really yes. like when people will message me and be like, explain this. I'm like, I can't. And no. literally, I think that's the point, you know? It's, yes. It's, 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 coming together and understanding that we won't understand yeah that's exactly it and we're yeah we're not going to we're just gonna watch and piece things together and never really get it before we get into (laughs) the topic at hand I do kind of want to run through this alleged guest list with you because when I read it I I need to know your thoughts okay (laughs) so like like I said Madonna Paris Hilton Selena Gomez Kate Hudson and Gwyneth Paltrow are all, you know, slated to attend. And those mm-hmm. are, that's just like a handful of people, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Apparently Brian is going to be there. Mm-hmm. No Jamie Lynn, no Jamie and no Lynn. 
which I, I honestly would have been dead on the floor if any of those three were like actively participating <laughs> in this. Right. Um, but I'm curious, when you hear those names of like the handful of superstars that are slated to be there, like what's your first thought? It's like some of them I totally get. Some of them I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like what? I'm like, Gwyneth, huh? They must be like DMing about vagina steams or something. <laughs> you know, I feel like Britney's really in the DMs of a lot of celebrities right now, probably you know, mm. especially like women, like just yes. talking about things. Um, whenever I see Selena Gomez stuff, it always freaks me out because it reminds me a little bit of the the conservatorship of it all and just Selena being this like weird part of it where she's like the name that they always use to like, you know, if you know, you know, you know what I mean? Selena is very much a part of the conservatorship content in a sense. So that part of it kind of freaked me out, but I think Britney also does love her. I think, so when I saw it, like I didn't think of the conservatorship part of that, right? But for me, I see Selena Gomez as like a new generation Britney. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying talent-wise, like that she can dance as well as Britney or like puts out bangers like Britney, but like, I think the narrative around Selena and around Britney were, are very much the same. And Britney for the longest time was constantly tied back to Justin. Mm-hmm. It was like, she couldn't do anything without being like, oh, I wish you and Justin would get back together. And literally like, yeah, same song, second verse for Selena. Like, oh, I, I you know, just you're better for Justin than Haley. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's always, yeah. it always ties back to Justin in some way for both of these women. That's so funny. Yeah. And so I remember when she rare sent product to Brittany and Brittany posted about it and like Selena was freaking out. Um, and, and so for me, I'm like, I'm wondering like if they're, if they've met in some capacity or if like, you know, they had a private meeting and they were able to kind of relate on that level. Um, you know, like, like, I wonder if like Brittany like swapped places with Selena and like the, the you know, the timelines were changed. If like Britney would be advocating for mental health, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, like, I'm kind of like, I know it's like kind of weird to think about, but I'm almost like, I feel like that could have been her timeline. If the press, if the media, if like the general public were way more understanding and forgiving than they were 10, 13 years ago, you know? That's a really good point. Oh my God. This is like, and we're, whenever you and I like reconnect, it's always like right in the middle of it. Like it's like currently happening while we're recording yes. always. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So I just hope that we get to see, I hope that we get a, a really clear shot of the dress. That's uh, all I care about. I just want to see the dress and I just want to see Brittany's hair and makeup. That's all. Uh, I wonder who is doing her hair and makeup. Like I, I'm going to be all over that. I need to know, yeah. like, is it Melanie Iglesias who Melanie did her makeup for um, like her Vegas when she first kicked off the residency, she did this yeah. like big Vegas magazine. I'm sure you know exactly which one oh, I'm yes. talking about. And she was the cover. And I, I believe Melanie did her makeup for that. And I remember being like, she looks fucking incredible. Like this yeah. makeup is perfect. Melanie. And we were talking about this earlier. Melanie was Amber Heard's makeup artist. Isn't this so? Oh the web- my God. I know. It's like the <laughs> web. The web. It's too much. So I am dying to know who's doing her hair and makeup. If, if anyone's going to do her hair and makeup. Yeah. Yeah. She might go down the aisle with her hair in a bun. We know that. 
and and black eyeliner like all around the rim like the whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> then she put on with like the little <laughs> tiny sponge that comes with like a little girl's first <laughs> yes. makeup you know yes 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 um uh, so, you Brett. know we'll be watching we'll be watching all day and all night and all week we will be watching like a hawk I, <laughs> like little hawks to see if i mean you know i and, and I, I hope that they're like leaving her alone but it's like selfishly do we want to see photos of it of course if we're just being honest with ourselves yeah i'd like to see a picture or two or whatever do you think <laughs> she's gonna get an exclusive for like like a vogue or a people i know people is kind of like taboo now like people getting the exclusive in people is no longer the thing it's like you want to get the vogue exclusive yeah and so i'm wondering like depending on do we know who designed her dress because if we do i'm guessing it's a designer like it has to be i think it's donatella okay that's what i was thinking i was like is it versace like so i mean there's no way that this is not going to be covered in Vogue, right? I know, like, I know, I know. Like Donatella has to have helped her work something out. Yes. I, There's got to be some just like epic photo moment yeah. with her in the dress, her getting in the dress, oh like God. her and Sam. Oh, oh my God. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> we're going to have to do like an emergency live tomorrow yeah, to be yeah. like, okay, let's break it down. <laughs> <laughs> like we got the photo we got the picture let's break down every single thread through this dress uh, um but as you mentioned before we do have a topic at hand today which i do. am very excited about i can't believe that i've never talked about this on the podcast but i haven't and we're talking today about miley's bangers album one of my favorite albums um like honestly an era an era in pop culture like tell me where you were in life and what was going on when this album came out for you oh god okay so 2013 I had just started working at pop sugar I was like kind of getting into the flow of like making digital content I was living in LA and literally anytime I hear this album I cannot not think of Beecher's Madhouse Surely you are familiar with Beecher's Madhouse. It <laughs> yeah. is, it, it was truly chaos at any given moment. It was at the Roosevelt Hotel. There was always some kind of like weird performance going on. I mean, like I would see like John Hamm and Hayden Panettiere and the Jonas Brothers and Lucy Hale, like always at Beecher's Madhouse. It was wild. And like Chuck Bass, Ed Westwick, oh like, like all these people. So at this time, it was just like, I remember it being like almost like a party era for me. So this album could not have come out any at an, any better time. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I hear bangers, SMS, like I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting ready to like go and wait in this dumb line and then get <laughs> escorted to a table at Beecher's. That's what I think of. I, that's honestly perfect for this album like that's the vibe it's very much you know it's peak indie sleaze tumblr era that sort of like part like polaroid photos of partying oh my like god (laughs) you know what i mean like glitter everywhere and you drinking like a pbr in a photo vibe just like that you know it's it's such hyper that time um yes same for me this was a real like partying time for me this was like a time in my life when I was like going out a lot yeah I was 
I was drinking a lot. Like I was like partying a lot during this time. And that's Same. what this album makes me think of. Um, just like the embrace of party culture in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, and it was huge for her because yeah. she had done, you know, can't be tamed. And that was kind of mm-hmm. like the, Ooh, like Disney girl breaks out of the mold moment. <laughs> but then she like, you know, chopped off her hair and went platinum blonde. And I mean, the, for me, I also think about this album. I think about the press that she, like she put oh in the work. She was everywhere doing yeah. every performance she could. She, I mean, obviously we think of the VMAs with Robin Thicke and like that whole mm-hmm. fiasco. I mean, so many different things that she did to promote this album, which is like, I think why it, commercially it was very successful for her. Yeah. Um, because like you couldn't not hear a song of hers. Yeah, it's always really put me in the mind of, you know, obviously, like, there's the conversation of her, like, appropriating Black culture in this album or whatever. Yep. And it's always put me in the mind of Christina's Stripped. Yes! Like, yes. so much in yes. so many ways. And people are always comparing Miley to Britney, which they have every right to. But I think, you know, as far as this time period goes, this was way more of a Stripped ex-Tina thing. Totally. And you know, where, where Christina appropriated Black culture in a more, like, like, I'm this cool, like, Afro-punk Erica Badu or something, like, I'm, you know what I mean? Miley yes. was more, like, I am, Miley gave you, like, girl drunk at, like, a college party vibes appropriated Black culture, you know what I mean? Like, it was very, like, 21-year-old party girl, sort of messy, but also very talented, just a mess, it feels like the album of a 21-year-old girl. Yes. And Christina's Stripped for me felt more sensual, like R&B, mm-hmm. while yeah. Miley was definitely like hip-hop. Like she yeah. like she worked with, like it, this album, I like had no idea who Mike Will was. I'm like, <laughs> you do now. I, I, I do cannot now. not think, when I hear the name Mike, I think Mike <laughs> Will made it. Like I'm not... Oh, literally. I'm like, who the hell is Mike Will? And then I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. So obviously she had like collaborated with him in the past. Like he was like a heavy influence on this album. Um, I I, I like read she also, you know, worked with Mac Miller on mm. this album. Pharrell. I can't wait mm. to talk about the Pharrell influence. Me too. Oh my god. Um, which is like uh, like I love when they work together. Like anything they do together, I'm obsessed with. Um, but yeah, it's it's such an it's literally like drunk party girl yeah I, and I'm and basically like saying like fuck you to everyone like you you thought yeah. I was gonna go off the rails okay well we're gonna talk about Molly we're yeah. gonna talk about doing lines of coke we're gonna talk about perp like we're gonna talk yes, about literally. Like, all these things let's get into the tracks let's start with adore you <gasps> I just the for hey that's like what oh, I think of in my head that's I know like, this is such a beautiful song in my humble opinion, I like, I know everybody around that time, it was like 50 shades of gray too had come out. Like, mm-hmm. I think maybe 2014 was it 2013, 2014. I can remember, but that song from Ellie Golding oh, was, yes. and, and everyone wanted that song to be their wedding song. I'm like, adore you is not getting the respect yes. it deserves. Like such a gorgeous song. I remember everyone was outraged because the music video looked like a sex tape. Like people were yeah. like, is oh this supposed God. to emulate a sex tape? Yes. And like, of course, Smiley's like making such a beautiful song like this, like kind of uh, in your face, 
sex moment. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It's it's funny. Like, I think Adore You was such a perfect representation of this album because for one thing, the ballads are like the strongest thing about this album, which people never yes. talk about. It's yep. not even really about like the big bangers. It's about these like um, highly emotional really vulnerable ballads that she writes and it's all different kinds of ballads there's like power ballads and guitar ballads and electronic ballads and uh, you know there's like meatloaf theatrical ballads it's like yes. it's a real vulnerable emotional album but it's known as a party album which is interesting like I even when I was listening to it this time I was like god a lot of these songs are really sad Yes. I, when I was prepping for this too, I was like, Oh God, I fucking love this album so much. Like every song to me speaks to me on a different level, but what I really love about Miley is Miley is an artist. I think Mm -hmm. because of her theatrics, people write her off and they also write her off as Hannah Montana still, but she is one of the most powerful vocalists. I think we have had in decades for sure. And, um, I think that her voice stands the test of time and also her art, like the way that she writes these songs start to finish, you know, the, the original, not, not the deluxe album, but like starting with adore you and ending with, um, somebody hold on. What is the, what's the track? Called? Uh, someone else, someone else and, and ending with someone else. Like it, this album tells a story. So while you do mm-hmm. have like the bangers that you're dancing to and having fun with, when you really listen to the meat of these songs, she's going through like, I'm happy and in love to, I'm just wanting to have fun and figure out who I am to, oh yeah. shit, this isn't going to work anymore. Like she's like, almost like yeah. as she's writing these, figuring out like her relationship is about to like disappear. And then, you know, because yeah. her and Liam had broke up in 2010 at that point. So yeah, and I'm glad that you brought up the her voice because I feel like one of the things that I love about Miley is the journey of her voice and us being along for the journey of Miley figuring out her voice. Yeah. And, you know, coming to terms with the fact that she kind of has this really unique, you know, very interesting kind of weird voice that's really cool. Yeah. And I feel like when she was younger, they tried really hard to train her to sing like a like a traditional pop star and she Mm. could but not as well as she does when she leans into her actual voice and you know bangers is like she wasn't fully there yet she wasn't doing a lot of like that weird dead pet stuff with her voice yet yeah but she was getting there and adore you is a good I think representation of that she's like in her low register you know like it's just and I also I guess my favorite thing about bangers before we even like get super into it is that it feels like her intention with this album was to keep you guessing. So you're not really supposed to know what kind of song is going to come next. And it can be a country rap song, or it could be a power ballad or whatever, you know, and to open with this beautiful love song is like crazy. Yeah. I definitely didn't expect that or anticipate it when I first listened to the album. And I, I think that, um, oh, dang, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. I'll, I'll bring it. Oh, she, she got rid of her entire team before recording this album. Cause remember she was going to go into like film. She was going to go like really hard on her acting career. And Mm -hmm. she was like supposed to be like the lead uh, female character in hotel Transylvania. And she dropped out to like focus on this album. And then Selena Gomez got the, the role. 
Um, and she said that she had to like drop everyone that she had worked with previously. Cause she just knew they were not going to be on board with like a lot of the stuff that she wanted to do. Yeah. Um, especially sound wise. So I think that that is it's like, it's very clear in this album. Like it's a departure from anything else she's ever done. Speaking of a departure from anything that Miley Cyrus has ever done, let's talk about We Can't Stop. Okay, I have mixed emotions about this song because I don't think it's that great of a song. I understand why it was the lead single because it does, it's an earworm. It gets stuck in your Mm -hmm. head. And I I very much understand now, especially when it comes to Taylor Swift, I never think Taylor Swift's first singles are great. Like anything that I hear lead single from Taylor Swift. It's not a song that I become obsessed with and listen to nonstop from her album. And that's kind of how I feel with this song. If I'm, there's probably two skips on this album for me. And this is one of them. Um, I, I listened to it uh, today to, to prep. And I was like, God, like the flashbacks of like drinking and like dancing at a bar and just like (laughs) being with your friends and not having that much responsibility, early twenties, like, Mm -hmm. That's what comes to mind, but you know, this was very much like her declaration, like, okay, we're going to talk about partying, doing lines of Coke, getting some, she really was like trying to, I feel like break the Disney molds with this particular song. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what we said earlier, like this is a real Tumblr. I mean, this song to me, if there were like five songs that represented Tumblr, this would be one of them whether it really like okay visuals. I wasn't a big tumblr person I wasn't like oh active on tumblr so it was like this this was like a tumblr moment okay okay yeah it was a tumblr moment in the same way like we found love was also a tumblr moment like visually and also the sound and like a lot of those like old like tumblr kind of like gifts where like it's just flashes of scenes <laughs> mixed with like glitter and like nail polish you know what I'm saying like this song really represents like that period of the internet to me um and I was reading about how this song was written for Rihanna and they they ended up at the last minute like Mike Will made it was like I feel like this this should be a song for somebody who's doing like it has like a debut like Rihanna singing this song won't really mean anything to people, but somebody debuting themselves, this is going to be like major. And it's, this is Miley's debut, basically, you know, she's kind of being presented as like a new artist, which is wild. Like that whole, you know, her being a former Disney girl, Hillary wishes that she could have been like, Hey, guess what? I'm deleting my whole catalog from your brain and I'm starting over and give me a chance as a new artist. Thanks. And everybody's like, okay. Troy, we're not going to slander Hillary Duff on this podcast. I'm telling you right now. No slander, no slander, no slander. (laughs) I just think like she probably was like, well, fuck. That would have been nice for me. Thank you. That would have been nice. Don't you think though, like Hill, Hill never tried to shake a, like an image. You know what I mean? Like she's always been kind of like good girl, right? Like Miley's literally like, no, I, I curse. I have sex. I do (laughs) drugs. I'm experimenting with my sexuality. Like I'm not this person that everybody thinks I am, you know? Yeah. I agree. And I agree with what you said earlier. This is a fucking earworm. And the la-da-di-da-di part is manipulative and psychotic. Yes. Yes. I was reading a billboard review of this and they were like, they called the song sloppy. Okay. And I was, I was like trying to figure that out. And I think it's, it makes sense because this song 
for all intents and purposes, when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, what, where are we going here? Oh, okay. 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 But it is that song where, when you hear it, you're like, get a drink, get a shot. Do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it makes, yes. it does evoke emotion, which I always appreciate about a Miley Cyrus song. I agree with that. It does evoke like a Courtney Love kind of vibe where you're like, I want to be drunk right now. (laughs) (laughs) Too sober right now. Um, Let's talk about SMS bangers. Oh my God, Troy, I fucking love this song. I can't, not just because Britney's in it, but like this song reminds me so much of a Britney Spears song because it's so tongue in cheek. Like Uh she's like, they ask me how I keep a man. I keep a battery pack. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I can hear Britney Spears singing this. Because, you know, it's just like so tongue in cheek. Um, I, I fucking love it. I, this song, when I want to get like revved up to go to the gym or like get my sweat on, <laughs> yeah. I turn this thing on. It pumps me up so much. I don't know what it is about it. I honestly have been trying to figure it out because like this is kind of like a gimmicky song in a way. Like mm-hmm. it has all of the different mechanisms to like keep you interested like there's like a superstar cameo you know what I mean like there's like all of these things she's like I kind of when I hear this song I literally think of her like sitting in the back of an open-air jeep like holding on to the rails and like standing up and like singing the song like fuck everybody that's what I think of when I think of this song and a lot of the lyrics I'm like I do not understand what's going on here but I love it. I can't, I can't help it. It's so great. I think that that's a great way to describe it. It's like this song, like, okay, this is the interesting thing. <laughs> if somebody asked me, is this a good song? I'd say, no, it's not a good song, but am I going to listen to it? And do I know every single word and do I enjoy it? Absolutely. Like it's, it's a wild song. It's the weird, it's one of the weirdest songs on this album for sure. And yeah. on paper, it shouldn't work. Like, no. it's really, it's a really, you want to talk about messy. This song is a damn mess, but it works for some reason. It does. I, I like how weird it is because it's like, I think that Miley is enough of a fan of Britney to understand that like her weird music is like the best. You yes. know, weird me is the best. Yeah. So it's fun that Miley chose like the weirdest song to put Britney on. Um, and I like that it has like a salt and pepper thing going on in the background, like, it's just silly and it's fun. <laughs> it is silly. I think that's why I like it because it's not taking itself too seriously. Like, like yeah. I, I, this is one of the lyrics that Britney sings. I'm flying high upon a bird, acrophobia. Like what? Like how did you get acrophobia into this fucking song? Song. Walk, flirting with them big dog. Like, and then she like name drops her dad, Billy Ray Cyrus. I mean so much shit that just doesn't make they mention a hearse in this song like (laughs) like yeah like make that media big talk like I I mean it's it's not a good song lyrically right like it's not it's this is not making you think any deeper but I think that's why I like it it really does it kind of reminds me lyrically of piece of me I love piece of me piece Mm. of me is my absolute favorite song of of all of Britney's but like the way that I feel like she's playing this to the media. Like right. you have no idea what's going on in my life. Like, yeah, I don't need a million dollars. I have my dad. Like I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I feel like this is like her. Yeah. It's like her piece of me almost. That's a really good comparison. That makes me like it kind of even more. Cause that's, that's the comparison. 
this is Miley's version of piece of me. And yeah, it's meant to be shocking. And that that's the other thing as I try and keep in mind, like a lot of these songs, if you're hearing them for the first time, they're meant to shock you. Yeah. Like I remember playing this album the whole way through for the first time and being like, like Miley's on some other shit. Yeah. This is crazy. Every totally. This is like 20 different albums in one album. Yep. And I was thinking about that today. Like Miley really wanted us to be just have birds flying around our heads while we're listening to this, you know? She was trying to, like, rattle us. Yes, yes. Um, Let's talk about 4 by 4 Okay. I lied. I have three skips on this album. I was going to say, this better be one of them. I, I do not like this song at all. I, I really hate it when artists try to do a country thing when they're mm. not a country artist or not really, like, actually doing a, a country album because it always yeah. just comes off like a parody of country yes I think that there's there's good country and there's there's like white male country right like <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean and for me this I just like I I I can't get into it. I, I actually do like Nelly's feature on this. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only like redeeming quality of this song for me. But anytime I get to this song, I'm just like, I can't do this. What are your, th- and, th- and this is like a Pharrell song. Pharrell co-wrote yeah. this song, which is upsetting. Cause I love I know. typically. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that much like the previous song, I think Miley probably felt really cool being like, Hey, guess what? I made this really weird song and I got Nelly to do it, you know? Yes. Like, Nelly's on this you know what maybe his weirdest feature and it's with me and same thing with Britney like the strangest feature that she'll ever do and it's on my (laughs) album you know that's the vibe it gives and I appreciate you know just for the listening experience Miley keeping us on our toes but my god is this a bad song I hate it it's just horrible and it's embarrassing and again it plays into this is uh, an, an album that feels like it's being made by a 21 year old girl who is like very anxious and wants to be rebellious and is like stomping down the stairs in a crop top and being like, see, I don't care. You yeah. know, it's very that. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I don't freaking care. I'm going out like this. That's Miley this whole time. <laughs> um, let's talk about Wrecking Ball. Wow. Wrecking, okay. The song... I mean, it means so much to so many people. Uh, like, <laughs> this is like the epic ballad. I feel like when you hear the song, you you feel her pain. Like, you mm. feel like this song. And I, I think it's beautiful. I, I It's not necessarily the song I gravitate towards, like, when listening to this album anymore, honestly, because I just feel like it was so overplayed um, mm-hmm. and it was everywhere. But I think in terms of just epic ballads Mm. this is it feels very miley like this is not like a celine dion you know uh titanic my heart will go on situation right but it's epic in a miley way and it feel this feels more like the most miley song out of the whole like now knowing miley's discography like this feels like a very like i could this could be launched today and i'd be like yeah this is a miley cyrus song like this feels like Miley. yeah I totally agree with that. This is definitely, yeah, I agree. The song that has sort of like woven itself throughout her career, the sound of this song. Like you can hear this now and be like, for sure, Miley. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And I think 
you know, the interesting thing about Wrecking, Wrecking Ball specifically is it was the first like big ballad to come out of this album, right? Yep. And it was like the last place that I think a lot of people thought Miley was going to go with this era. Like it really shocked people that they were like, oh my God, like this is the most emotional, vulnerable song she's ever released. And totally. it's coming from her twerking era. Like, and that also reminds me of Christina. It reminds me of when Christina released Beautiful and mm. people were like, oh my mm. God, I can't believe, you yes. know, but this is the album where she got her nipple pierced. How could she possibly have a deep thought? at the yes. same time and oh my god people right people were blown away by that and it's the same thing people cannot wrap their heads around the idea that she could like write these vulnerable songs about her relationship and also want to like wear a crop top it's crazy yeah yeah it's like Christina Aguilera could sing about you know getting mine getting yours and like mm-hmm. you know f- fuck the patriarchy and also be like you're gorgeous and beautiful and I'm going to sing this in a stunning way that's that is such a great comparison I freaking love that this is her beautiful for sure yeah and then you also have the we do have to talk about he who shall not be named her love of Terry Richardson at this time she was (gasps) yes he did this video he did this video oh my god Terry Richardson's a name I have like blocked from memory I haven't thought about this man in literal ages but at this time, I think it really does speak to like, there was still like, people were talking about Terry Richardson and like mm-hmm. the shit that he had pulled, you know? Yeah. But it hadn't, he had not suffered any consequences from no. that. So people like Miley, I mean, when I think of, of this era, I obviously think of the album cover, but I do think of like the all white background, the red, bright red lips, the slicked back hair and her like, mm-hmm. you know, floating on a wrecking ball throughout wherever the hell she you know what I mean yeah absolutely the visual stands the test of time and it's unfortunate because I do like Terry's work but I can't support like nobody can support that bullshit anymore you know what I mean right I know and like his aesthetic was I mean at this time like he was everywhere that, that tumblr aesthetic that was him like he in a weird way created it I think with like the American apparel ads and stuff, like he really created Ugh. that like sort of um, blown out, like, you know, like flash photography thing that was really cool. And yes. Miley loved that. So it sucks that he's so much a part of this time in her life. And so many, I mean, you know, he was doing all that stuff with Gaga for art pop and like he was every Amy Winehouse, like Amy Winehouse. I'm literally looking at a picture with Amy Winehouse. It's just like, holy shit balls. Like he was every, like you couldn't escape Terry Richardson at this time. No. So crazy. The Rihanna smoking the blunt photo I'm obsessed yes. with. Rihanna holding the baby. Like yep. there's so many incredible images. Ugh. Oh, there's. Big Sean and Naya Rivera. God, that kills me. I we should just do a whole episode on Naya if you haven't already, because I'm obsessed with her and I'm just so sad she's not here anymore. But I would love to do that. You know what? Like you're so right. The Terry Richardson era really does mix with Tumblr era slash partying and taking Polaroid photos. Like literally all of those things are interconnected if you mm-hmm. had a Venn diagram. It's wild. It is wild. And I'm seeing that, you know, that aesthetic is like coming back, obviously. It is. The Sleaze thing is back. And it just unfortunately reminds me so much of him and like his gross impact. Yeah. Um, 
Another song that I skip every single time, Love Money Party. Oh my God, featuring Big Sean. So I can get through- word. I can, I can get through this song. Okay. It's not my favorite. I can get through it. My, my other skip. So like I would skip, we can't stop four by four and my darling. I can't do my darling. I'm like, this is sacrilege that you're like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. very (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't need stand by me in this format. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But love money party. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, I say it's fine, but it's really just not good. I don't, I really think she wanted to have that hip hop influence and maybe she was influenced mm-hmm. by Mike will, um, a lot on this, but like, this felt like a song that was like, okay, we need several rap features on this album to like set yeah. you apart. Let's make this song and then let's get someone in there. And that person happened to be big Sean. Yeah, and, like, Big Sean, to me, honestly, feels like a parody of a rapper. Like, I can't believe that he's, like, a real... Whenever he... I'm like, is he really... Like, he feels like he would come at it, like, from, like, a kid's birthday party. And be like, hey, what's up, kids? Like, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Like, it's very, like... I'm just like, is he... Wait, can I share the most awkward thing that's ever happened to me with a celebrity? It involves Big Sean. Please. I I went to this Dior fashion show in Hidden Hills, California. It's like basically adjacent to Calabasas. It's very beautiful, but like you had to go out to the BFE from Los Angeles to get there. And like they had, it was like the Dior Sauvage fashion show. I think like Haim or Haim performed afterwards. But like, it felt like you were in the desert. It was like, it was a very interesting situation. Okay. So I was there. We were all sitting on these like pillows on the ground. All these people are walking by. And afterwards, I'm like standing there with another reporter. And I like bumped in to Janae Iko. And okay. I was like, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, it's okay. And I was like, um, you know, like making small talk with her. <laughs> Big Sean was like right next to her. And I looked at her and I looked at him and I was like, oh, hi, uh, I'm Kirby. Nice to meet you. And he, he like stood there and looked at me for a minute, like in his head thinking, do I know her or do I not know her? And he was like, and and literally he was like, like, like basically like bring it in. And I like gave him the most fucking awkward hug. And and Janae's like, what is happening here? Like, do they know each other? I'm like, I don't fucking know this man. And I don't know you either. And it was the most. So when you, when you like say like man that pops out at a child's birthday party, that's like literally like what I envision him because it was so awkward that he was like in his head, like, wait, am I supposed to know this person or have I met them before? And like, should I give them a hug or should I just yeah. shake their hand and be like, nice to meet you. And then I'm going to be rude if I have met them before. Should it I was... ask their name again? Yeah. He's like, hello, um, old pal. Yeah. <laughs> Hi friend. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> He just is such a cheese ball to me. And like, he's perfect for this song because it's so cheesy. Yes. And this again is like, I, I haven't worked on this analogy any better than I did 10 minutes ago. But like, it Miley to me during this time is very much just like drunk freshman college girl. Yeah. Basement party, wasted on like 
malt liquor beverages and twerking her ass <laughs> off liquor. you know what I mean like she's feeling herself it's just it's it's embarrassing in the way that looking back on being 21 is embarrassing it just feels Ugh. like a young idiot girl yeah 21 not not an age I think fondly of it was bad <laughs> times all the time <laughs> Now, one song that I'll tell you I'll never skip, and I probably listen to more than any song on this album, but you want me to be honest with you, is Get It Right. Same. This is my favorite song on the entire album. Um, I, I I love SMS, as we've mentioned, but Get It Right is so fucking good. And you know why? I, I figured it out. Like, everybody enjoys listening to the song. Obviously, like, the whistling, I think, kind of, like, gets you there. Mm-hmm. But I was reading a review of this particular song, and the writer said... Miley seems to be having fun or is like pleased Mm. with herself on this song. Mm. And you can tell by the way she sings it. Like, she's like, okay, this is a fun song for me to sing. I'm enjoying this. Mm -hmm. The whole thing I'm fucking obsessed with. Um, It's just, it's so, so good. It's so good. It's so catchy. Like you said, it's so, and it's not like earworm catchy. It's just, it's catchy. Like you want it in your head. Like, I want to listen to this a bunch of times. I don't feel annoyed by having it in my head all day because whenever I hear it once I'm thinking about it constantly yeah Um, the beat is catchy the harmonies are catchy her voice sounds insane I love Pharrell's weird like production always it's just so good and I remember during like um she'd done this like little documentary for this album like a little press documentary about just like the experience and I remember her talking about Pharrell And how she had sat down with him and he told her like, look, you are in your like creative Phoenix rising from the ashes moment right now. And he was like, anything that you feel creatively, just do it. Like anybody that tells you not to do it, just ignore them and just do it. Cause you're like tapped in right now. Like your third eye is open and like, you should just do anything that you think of that might be cool. Just try it. And I think she really took that advice and ran with it and turned it into a whole concept, honestly. I agree. And I think too, you know, this song doesn't sound like any other song on the album. I mean, I guess there's not many songs on this album that sound extremely similar, Mm -hmm. Um, but this feels like a major departure, but in a good way. It's like a positive, happy song. Well, the other songs Mm -hmm. are songs you want to dance to this one just feels good um it reminds me of well I mean this is after the fact but like I felt a lot of the Miley influence on Sweetener with mm. Ariana and Pharrell oh, yes there are yes. I I think it's successful it might be successful or um oh my God. it might be successful that there's like a riff that I'm like this is giving me Borderline? Miley Cyrus Yes. Yes. Maybe it's borderline. Maybe it's border. There's, there's a song and I need to go back and listen and I'll, I'll remember it then. But like, I remember every time I hear the song, I think of Miley and I'm like, yeah. this just, this feels like Miley light. Oh, that's a good comparison that out. Cause I was going to say this song could be like a whole concept for me, like a whole album, like this vibe and yes. it's a sweetener. It's sweet. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh my God. That's really crazy that is so true I love that you made that connection that's so great (laughs) we're synced up right now we are we totally are wave together (laughs) 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 um 
But no, yeah, I always, and anytime Pharrell has a feature on a Pop Girls album, I'm like, I wish this was the whole album. I know. I always want him to do somebody's whole album. Like, I want him to do, like, a future Britney album the whole way through. Yes. Please. Please. Um, let's talk about Drive. Oh, Drive. Um, here's the thing. It's like, it's not necessarily, I, I, I know I've said this a few times. Okay. And I love this album. I love it. Right. But I don't know. It's not necessarily like, I'm like, I was listening to her earlier. I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a fine song, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily, I'm not obsessed with it. I'll put it that way. Do you have any like significant thoughts on it? Cause for me, it's just kind of like, it's, it's okay. Nothing really significant. I mean, it, it's another example of Miley playing with these ballads and having different kinds of ballads, which I love. Um, I like that this one is like more electronic and, you know, a little bit more heavy. And I did write down an interesting quote from her where she said, she said, I wrote Drive while I was working on Valentine's Day. She said, emotionally, it was such a hard time for me. It is about needing to leave someone, but not really wanting to completely cut yourself off from that person or that relationship. It's a time when you want to leave, but you can't. And it's also about moving on. And, you know, obviously this is about Liam. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just another, another very vulnerable ballad from her on this album um yeah I I that's so funny that you brought up that quote because I remember reading that quote when it came out and being like oh Valentine's Day like Mm -hmm. that's sad that she wrote that song on Valentine's yeah I know her and Leah make me sad just in general same I wanted them to work me too um but yeah I'm good with moving on from that song (laughs) great let's talk about F you <laughs> okay if any song is 2013 besides uh, we can't stop it's it's F you <laughs> this song has French Montana on it and I, I can't remember if this is like pre-Chloe or post-Chloe French Montana but like yeah. so I love this song um the song like I like hearing Miley just kind of like wail on it and <laughs> yeah. um it really is like how you feel when you break up. So I love about, I love it about that. But um, the song always reminds me of the Victoria's Secret fashion show because mm. remember when that was a thing, they, mm-hmm. during one of the, I guess, scenes that they did, they had models walking out to this song mm-hmm. and they had to change it. Like they, it's, you know, she curses on the actual track, but like they changed it for yeah. broadcast um and so I always think of like I think Lily Aldridge like walking out with these giant wings and just like like hands in the air just like like singing the song you know it was crazy yeah this is um this song is so 2013 I actually I guess I had deleted it because (gasps) I was like going to from track to track and I was like I'm missing one and I guess I didn't like it when it came out and I didn't know that I had deleted it a million years ago so wow Troy, I hadn't even wow. I, I know I hadn't even heard it in like 10 years I was like what the hell is this um yeah I it's not my favorite I'll be honest it's really it it puts me in the mind of like if Miley was gonna do a version of like love on the brain it's like her just mm. wheeling you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. love on the brain but make it hip-hop or whatever yes or like make yeah. it a version uh, of that a version of hip-hop yeah saloon western hip-hop or whatever yeah uh, <laughs> um 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I'll probably never listen to this song again, but I'm glad <gasps> that it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Now the truth has come out. Yeah. I, I will continue representing FU for all of the Miley stands out there. Okay. <laughs> it might creep its way into the shuffle every once in a while, but aside from that, um, let's talk about do my thing. What do you think? I, I need to know your like initial reaction to the song. I think that by this time on the album, you're just along for this ride and you're like, whatever comes at me, I'm down for. This song is so insanely embarrassing to me. <laughs> it makes me want to bury my head deep into some sand. Like I truly want to close myself off from the world when I hear it. And it's just... I, I wrote the lyrics down because I just, when else am I going to have the moment to read the lyrics to do my thing from the Bangers Please. album? After you. Bang, bang. <laughs> I'm going to shoot them down, baby. Look at me. I'm high up off the ground, baby. Oh, shit. Pass that shit around, baby. <laughs> that shit true, but I don't hear a sound. I'm a Southern belle, crazier than crazier hell. Crazier than hell. <laughs> getting wild up in here getting live up in here burning up up in here turn up 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 in here we tear the roof up uh, we tear the roof up now we up out of here and then this is the best part we do it we do it we don't give a fuck only thing we think about is turning up turning up we do it we do it all the way live so everybody hands to the sky and then i just cannot get over the second verse of bang bitch you think I'm strange, bitch? Oh, I it's fucking... bananas like a fucking orangutan, bitch. Don't worry about me. I got it all arranged, bitch. Mind your business. Stay in your lane, bitch. I actually, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. The lyrics are so cringe, but that part goes hard. When you're listening to it, bang, bitch. You think I'm strange, like I'm strange bitch? bitch? It's fucking like a fucking orangutan, bitch. Oh my God. I... I I truly, when I hear, now that song is going to be stuck in my head all day because of that part. It is the whole like Southern Belle and crazier than hell. I don't know what they were going for with this song, but I will say I never skipped this song. When it comes on, I'm like, okay, we're doing this. We're doing it. I'm in it and I'm, I'm going with it. I, I'm I along for the every ride. Every word, every Everyone, word. Every single I one. I rap every single word to this song every single time. Like, and I'm embarrassed with myself. You know what I mean? But it's just so fun. And you're right. The, that orangutan part goes the fuck in. It does. Like, for no reason, she just really, really goes for it in this song. Like, I want to hate it. I want to not like it. I know it's embarrassing, but I love it. Me too. Me too. And that's the name. That's the gist of it. Uh, I love this next song. I absolutely love this song. I, I, oh I, I kind of wish she ended with this song on the original. Um, because I just think it's, maybe you're right. I fucking love it. It's such a beautiful, it's, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not a ballad. It's like slow, but, and emotional, but it's not a ballad. Um, and I think that's why I like really, really, really gravitate towards it. I also think Miley sounds stunning on this song. And I really think that this song even more than like wrecking ball almost illuminates like mm. her real life and what she's experiencing and, and like how she got to this point. 
with Liam. I agree with that. I think it does a way better job, especially at the beginning when she, like, the lyrics are her, like, going through the chapters of her relationship. I love that. Me too. I love the beginning of the song. And it actually, I wrote in my notes that it reminds me of a song that would have been on Beyonce's B-Day album, like, Irreplaceable. Okay. It gives me, like, Irreplaceable vibes oh do you know what i mean like same universe yes yes i can i can hear that like for sure i think like part of it is like like while i feel like irreplaceable is more like i'm owning my shit and like you're nothing without me Mm -hmm. i think that this is like if the script was flipped a little bit and she's going she's going like everybody thinks I'm fucking insane for doing this. And like, y'all are probably right. Cause I, I don't even yeah. know. Like I'm not confident Ugh. in this. And I think that's why I, this, like any type of like melancholy songs really like get me. I always end up gravitating towards them. Like um, any of like the Mac Miller songs on sweetener, like mm-hmm. that Ariana wrote, you know, about him and their past relationship. Like I always just end up wanting to listen to those. This is the song that I, just gravitate towards and once I once it gets to this song on the album I'll put it on repeat because like some of these lyrics that I'm reading um you know you might think I'm crazy that I'm lost and foolish leaving you behind maybe you're right like this sucks because I I don't know about y'all I've been in this position where you're like am I going fucking insane for making this decision like you're perfect on paper or like we had a good relationship or whatever but like there's something inherently wrong that I can't explain to you and I have to mm-hmm. leave and it just sucks and she I think she was able to articulate that so beautifully on this song yeah and I actually read that she wrote this about Nick Jonas yeah <laughs> shut the fuck up Troy no <laughs> this this Disney universe it just never ceases to I know amaze me like I the fact that this could be, I thought this was about Liam. I thought this was about Liam. So the fact that you're telling me this could be about Joe Jonas, chapter one, we started happy. The second that you said you loved me, I started questioning us. Are we really in love? Okay. Actually, this makes me feel better because yeah. I would rather it be about Joe Jonas or sorry, Nick <laughs> Jonas yeah. than Liam. Cause yes. I, I want to believe that Liam, I mean, like she was dating Justin Gaston and then she met Liam on the last song or whatever. And then they, they started dating. So I'm like, you had to know that y'all were actually in love. Like, right. Liam, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Thank you for bringing yeah. that to my attention. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. I would rather this song be about Nick than Liam. I like that. It's about Nick and it feels like when you know that it's about him, the lyrics feel a little bit more like childhood romancy kind of thing, I guess you could say. Um, and this, like, the idea of her being, like, you know, I left you, and was it the right decision to leave you, and, you know, the whole thing, and, yeah, I love it. I love this song. High point for me on the album, for sure. Same. And so someone else is the last song, right, on the normal? Yes, it's the last, it finishes the album, and then there's, like, three deluxe tracks. Yeah, someone else is, I mean, it feels like a perfect album closer for bangers because it's like half, you know, ballad, half like 2013 dubstep hip hop song. Yeah. 
you know like it feels like a mashup of this whole album I guess but it's not my favorite lyrically I like I like it but the song in general like the production like I I do not like this song again I wish that she would have ended with maybe you're right but then again storyline wise it's going from I'm confused am I making the right decision to like no this is Mm -hmm. done it's definitive this is over like one of the lines is literally I've turned into I'm, I'm hurting myself I've turned into someone else um I can't help you like yeah. I th- like it's like the levels of grief almost you know mm-hmm. so it makes sense why it closed with this but I I gotta say it's not necessarily my favorite album closer it's kind of like a a write-off for me but the deluxe tracks do we want to talk about those? Yeah, I was going to say, do you have any that you want to give a shout out to? Rooting for My Baby is one of my favorites. I, I wish. Yes. Why Why in the world was this not on the actual album? Like, let's get rid of 4 by 4 or My Darling. Get rid of My Darling, for the love oh of God. God. Rooting for My Baby. Oh, God. What's the song remind you of, Troy? You know, it gives me like, it's like Stevie Nicks Light. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I literally think of Fleetwood Mac when I hear yeah. this song and it's like, it's soft. It's kind of just like, uh, it's kind of unassuming. And then you get into mm. it and you're like, Ooh, okay. It's, it's very much like, uh, dreams. Um, yes. uh, and, and it also reminds me, I mean, this was pre Casey Musgraves, but this reminds me a lot of good wife yes. by Casey Musgraves, just lyrically at least. Yeah. Um, you know, if you were here, I'd get you a beer and I would hang your clothes. Um, you know, uh, like basically like it's, it's essentially being like, I'm always going to be on your side and do things for you, even though you mm-hmm. do not do these same things for me emotionally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm rooting. I'm like rooting for you and our relationship. Yep. Like I'm rooting for us. Like I, whatever it takes to make you happy, I'm going to do it because I see the bigger picture and I love you and I'm rooting for us. Like we're going to do this. And it's just it's such a mature song. Like it feels so emotionally mature in comparison to a lot of the other songs, to be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, I cannot believe that they chose, I can't believe a room full of people heard this and chose to not have it on the album versus some of these songs that made it, made it through. I I just, I can't believe it. it. It's unreal. Yeah. I wrote in my notes, it reminds me definitely of Fleetwood Mac and then maybe a little, a little Cheryl Crow, like a little nineties Cheryl great reference love Cheryl you know little Tuesday night music club action um but yeah this is great I also love on my own is another okay wait hold on can I like listen to this real quick I just need to hear I thought I listened to it but now I'm starting to think otherwise hold on yes absolutely oh yeah yeah this is giving me Madonna I get like upbeat like yes I this again should have replaced fucking four by four or <laughs> my darling on this I and I think honestly a lot of it probably had to do with Miley wanting to branch out and wanting to have more of those hip-hop tracks yeah. on this album maybe they're thinking like strategically and they're thinking to themselves like if we're gonna submit for a Grammy maybe we could try to get this in like the hip-hop category it was mm-hmm. never gonna be hip-hop um but you <laughs> right. know what I mean Maybe that's why, maybe that's why these like on my own and rooting for my baby didn't make it to the actual album. Mm-hmm. Like we can't risk it by having too many of these like 
not hip hop songs on the album if that's like what we're trying to do totally which I you know I, I get but on my own is so great definitely like definitely Madonna energy it's like if stronger was like a funk heavy song instead of yes rock yes. forward like it's just really oh it's so good this is a good like workout song it's a good yep. like just in your head like you know having to like do something grocery shopping like I love listening to this song when I'm like doing errands or like washing dishes or something yes and now <laughs> that I think of it I want th- I would have wanted this song to end the album Me because too. it leaves you on a happy high note yes and being like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to do it on yes. my own. And I don't need anybody or anything. It's the vibe of this whole album. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts about bangers? Bangers. We're here to weather the storm with you throughout <laughs> these tracks. While I do want to murder some of these songs, you absolutely <laughs> killed it on other songs. And I think Miley Cyrus is just like, a generational talent. Like I, I truly yeah. think she is incredible. Obviously nepotism aside, like she, I yeah. think she was going to make it regardless. So I, I'm always rooting for Miley. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. I'm, I'm grateful to this album because I think without it, you know, we wouldn't have this version of Miley where she is allowed to pivot and twist and turn and try new things and you know, try on different drag, like Miley really yes. leans into her drag aesthetic. And I just think it's cool. You know, I'm, I, this was a really great moment in pop culture. It's messy. It's like the last great era of MTV to me. Like she yes. sort of in, ended, ended MTV yep. and, you know, it's a fun album to revisit. If you guys haven't listened to bangers in a while, I highly suggest it. Turn it on. I'm grateful for you for doing this I'm grateful this with me. for you, Troy. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Tell people where they can find you. Okay. First and foremost, my podcast, Gloss Angeles. If you like beauty with a pop culture spin, the intersection of those two things, Gloss Angeles, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kirby Johnson. It's K-I-R-B-I-E on any platform. Find me on TikTok where I'm basically giving you behind the scenes details on all of your favorite uh, TV shows and films and like what's happening in the beauty department. There's lots of juicy stuff happening there. Kirby is killing it, you guys. (laughs) And I gotta be honest, like your euphoria moment was so- Thank you. Oh, like that was so good. I'm trying to get back there. I'm trying to get back behind the scenes. I'm trying to get back there for season three. So fingers crossed please literally go follow all the things and like specifically follow Kirby on Instagram. Like your stories are so entertaining. I like beauty stuff, but like, I love it. And I feel like I know so many things now because of you. So go follow Kirby and yeah, Kirby, thank you again for doing this with me. Thanks Troy. All right, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed it. I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.